Hello and welcome to Forbes India. I am Nasreen Sultana and you are listening to Budget Simplified with Forbes India, where I along with experts will simplify the Union Budget 2023 and set the context around it. The Union Budget for FY24 focused on capex-led growth, improving the quality of government spending and providing a fiscal consolidation path. The budget was presented on 1st February by Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman against a crucial macro-political backdrop with an expected slowdown in global growth, a smaller nominal GDP buffer and ahead of the general elections in 2024. The fiscal deficit is estimated to be 5.9% of the GDP. In my budget speech for 21-22, I had announced that we plan to continue the path of fiscal consolidation, reaching a fiscal deficit below 4.5% by 2025-26 with a fairly steady decline over the period. We have adhered to this path and I reiterate my intention to bring the fiscal deficit below 4.5% of GDP by 2025-26. Navigating the growth paradox amid an increasingly volatile global backdrop remains a key challenge for the government in this year. But what if growth slows down further in FY24 due to recession in developed markets and the lagged impact of tighter monetary policy? Although the economic survey projected a nominal GDP growth of 11% year-on-year in FY24, the budget assumed 10.5% nominal GDP growth next year. So, are the budget numbers overly optimistic? What will be the big implications of the union budget FY24? To understand that, I am joined by Radhika Rao, Senior Economist at DBS Group. Hi Radhika, welcome to the show. Hi, Nasreen. Uh, thanks for uh, having us. So, uh, Radhika, first up, what do you, what is your takeaway of the budget? We did think that the budget actually ticked on many boxes. Um, I think it did try to balance being supportive of growth uh, as well as keeping up with fiscal consolidation. And I think fiscal consolidation generally, uh, despite the approaching elections, state elections later this year and uh, general elections early next year, uh, uh, you know, fiscal consolidation was a priority. Um, mainly because the global environment um, is less than conducive uh, and you also, um, you know, where investors get a lot more discerning between economies um, in terms of their macro imbalances as well as uh, financial sector stability. So I think given this, in, in this environment, um, we were, it was encouraging to see that fiscal consolidation remained a, a priority. Um, so when it comes to uh, ticking off boxes, I would think that the focus was very broad based. Uh, there was some uh, element of uh, consumption boost as well um, uh, because of tinkering in the uh, personal tax brackets. Uh, but I think it, what was avoided was an outright, um, you know, populist measures or impetus. Uh, it, there was also a bit of medium to long term objectives by way of higher outlays to capex, um, and I think a bit more forward looking uh, by way of the green transition. Uh, so some more funding to you know, uh, provided to that side as well. So I think the uh, broad spread, of course, there were many measures, uh, but I think if I were to put in totality, there was something for the short term and some elements for the medium to long term as well. 
Hmm. Okay. So overall, you see, you think that this is uh, probably going to have a long-term benefits. Of course, the government had, uh, you know, made some uh, measures for uh, investment push. But uh, do you think this is an overtly ambitious target when we talk about the fiscal deficit target or even the capex? Okay. So uh, just to give you some numbers, so what kind? a fiscal deficit are we working with uh, so uh, and uh, this was along our expectations we had expected them to maintain fiscal 23 uh, deficit target at uh, minus uh, 6.4% and uh, assume about 50 basis point consolidation uh, while this is at the fiscal deficit level we also uh, try and calculate a primary deficit excluding one of revenues uh, when and i calculate that actually the extent of consolidation is even deeper um so in terms of underlying assumptions um, i would think it is uh, not overtly ambitious when it particularly comes to the growth target nominal growth target um, uh, despite a, a you know fairly positive economic survey being tabled day earlier uh, the budget did stick to a moderating real growth as well as moderating in deflator backdrop and that's why we have seen the nominal gdp assumption at about 10 and a half percent and on that the capex um uh, you know the reallocation seem to suggest that the capex is at about 10 trillion now so uh, again capex uh, the, by center uh, is an umbrella item under that we need to see what is the breakdown like and that also includes the, this about 1.3 lakh crores being given to states as uh, industry loans it also includes about uh, 5 trillion of infrastructure spending um and uh, again taking a step back where is this money coming from in terms of this big capex push Uh, when we see as a percent of gdp uh, we see that the revenue expenditure has been uh, lowered and uh, the government is counting on savings from subsidies almost 0.7% of gdp so that's where the math uh, actually adds up uh, prima facie i would think that the assumptions are reasonable uh, compared to the last two years uh, the difference is that there the room to maneuver is not as much uh, as we had seen perhaps even the fiscal 23 budget um you know the numbers are conservative uh, are reasonable but i don't think it, um, it it is just about right so if there is any exigency in terms of a again terms of deterioration because of commodities uh, being pushed higher uh, or need to support growth because growth disappoints uh, i think any such extra expenditure requirement uh, might put um, pressure on the fiscal balance down the line uh, but as of now i think uh, the numbers sound uh, reasonable Okay. See, o- over the last uh, few months uh, or quarters, rather, we have seen uh, you know government capex is definitely there, but the private capex is missing. Do you think government in- government's increase in the capex may push private uh, spending now, or you think there is still time left? Um, sure. So, uh, the government um, working through the public capex channel has been ongoing for the past few years. uh it certainly has gained more traction in the past 2 3 years uh in fact another encouraging uh, data i could share with you is that if you see the revenue expenditure net of sub, uh, net of subsidies and net of interest payment the ratio of that at with capital expenditure has actually been falling and fall much more in the past 2 3 years so that means that that mix of cap capex <clears throat> and revenue and overall expenditure is headed in the right direction uh so talking about well whether public capex will be able to bring back private capex i think private capex has a, a lot more things that need to be conducive um for the private sector participants to 
uh, really kickstart investments. Uh, I think a few things that we can think of is, uh, you know, the cost of financing needs to be uh, uh, needs to be favorable. You need to also have sufficient demand visibility, um, and uh, as well as I mean, demand visibility locally as well as globally. Uh, so I think uh, while capex public capex is will provide a boost or be an attractive uh, factor for private sector players to participate, but at this point some of the other additional um, you know factors that are required are not yet in place. So cost of financing, as you would know, has gone up quite sh sharply. In fact, the banks continue to adjust their credit growth, uh, you know, credit uh, or loan rates, um, and at the same time demand uncertainty uh, is in the con on the corner so you've seen globally growth we don't think will disappoint as much as we thought probably back in november but nonetheless growth is likely to slow down in the us as well as europe uh, and uh, and locally you know and, and domestically as well i would think passage of pent up demand as well as the reopening push uh, that's bulk of that is behind us so we would see the next few quarters growth being in about 4% handle uh, given this environment, uh, while businesses would, uh, would, you know, function and capacity utilization will be in the 75 to 76% range, um, the boost to private sector capex, I think, will take a bit longer. Uh, a few other things need to fall into place. But nonetheless, I think the infrastructure push, the public sector capex push, does help um, the ease of doing business part of, uh, of the, you know, that box is ticked. So I, I would think it, it is a very encouraging factor for the private sector, mm -hmm. uh, but to pro to give them, convince them, they need to put um, uh, you know the rubber to meet the road uh, mm -hmm. will take a while longer. Another mm -hmm. uh, you know concerns uh, that we had was about the rural demand, uh, which has been slowing, and of course COVID had its impact. Uh, now, do you think the government measures? Of course, there has been a lot of uh, push for the infra spend. There is an increase in your uh, uh, tax exemptions as well. Do you think that those measures are enough to kind of push uh, uh, consumer demand, especially in the rural segment? Um, so we had anticipated a, a clearer a rural welfare push uh, in the run-up to the budget. Um, but what um, in the content, what you can see is that uh, I think there's there's been an attempt to uh, marry technology as well as infrastructure into the farm space uh, by introducing more digital tools uh, as well as uh, you know making sure technological advancements trickle down uh, to agricultural sector performance as well uh, but uh, what we see on the other hand is that some of the welfare schemes which uh, again got to do with rural sector particularly uh, you know say mandrega for example there the allocations have actually been scaled back uh, contrary to what we expected uh, so i would think that while there is an overall push towards a higher consumption by personal taxing, uh, you know, personal tax rate tweaks, uh, particularly the basic exemption limit, uh, I wouldn't. I, I think the focus has been more broad based than the rural sector in particular. Uh, so uh, perhaps measures are not really, uh, you know, one is not constrained by just the budget. And in the coming months, uh, we could see some more support towards uh, other measures as well. Um, so the rural sector in particular had faced, you know, high inflation, negative real uh, wage growth, uh, as well as inclement weather. So uh, we would see the next in a, in a few months time mm. when the next uh, southwest monsoons come up. Uh, so the focus was, I would think, more consumption broad based, um, uh, not particularly just increasing allocations uh, towards rural.
And this non-farm sector has backward linkages uh, to what's happening in urban areas as well. So while the, last year you did see MSMEs as well as manufacturing sector, uh, service sector players as well, um, you know, resume activity that did have backward linkages for the non-farm uh, rural part of, of uh, the equation. So I would think there, uh, there would be a lift. Um, uh, and and I would, again, if rabi sowing at this point is, is, uh, has been going on well, some of the shortages in the food grain production has been there's some catch up but overall i think they would be below uh, target uh, so mm, uh, so in, in rural i would think farm sector uh, perhaps there would be a little bit more support outside of the budget uh, but the non farm i would think will certainly benefit from a pickup in uh, urban activity okay uh, what about divestment radhika because uh, we saw the target being uh, revised downwards for fy23 from 65000 crore and even for uh, fy24 the target is actually at 51000 crore uh, do you think uh, the government is going slow in the divestment target and uh, what do you think will government be able to even meet that target of 51000 crore so in under under the divestment program Uh, earlier, uh, I think the goalposts used to be much more ambitious, upwards of one uh, lakh crore. Uh, and then, you know, as the year wore on, uh, you would see, particularly second half of the year, uh, there used to be a concerted push to uh, get through some of the stake sales. But since then, uh, last year, the target was set at a more realistic amount. Um, of course, the run rate has undershot uh, that target as well. Uh, and we see going forward in fiscal twenty-four that the target has again been, um, you know, it's a bit higher. Uh, than what the current run rate is uh, there is a list of and a pipe projects in the pipeline or stake sales in the pipeline that the authorities have uh, spoken about a few times uh, i would think that even if one or two of them progress uh, then the fiscal 24 target should be within reach uh, of course the other thing that falls needs to fall into place is the market performance or the favorable market conditions for some of these stake sales to go through uh, so uh, few things need to fall into place um, i would think that the current run rate is not very encouraging uh, but often uh, many of the assets that are in the pipeline have been highlighted uh, so one uh, we do hope that market conditions hold up well in the coming year uh, for at least more than half of these uh, stake sales to go through hmm. but radhika if you've seen in the previous budgets government uh, i mean the fm mentioning about privatization or the strategic uh, stake sale this time there was no mention of either of the privatization or the stra- uh, strategic uh, stake sale do you think it's a conscious decision for government not to get go to the privatization way at all um yes i, I would think that they there wasn't your Right. There wasn't any explicit mention per se, but I think that's an ongoing, um, yeah, you know, priority in the background. Apart from that, you also have this bigger umbrella asset monetization program that's been ongoing, and the uh, ministries are keeping a very close watch on which are the sectors that are gaining more traction. Uh, I think the what is helping, on the other hand, is also that tax revenues have been doing very well. direct as well as indirect taxes uh, so a small miss on the divestment end has not really hurt the bigger picture 
Um, so yet again, in fiscal 24, I think the next tax, next tax revenue uh, is expected to do a bit better when I talk about in percentage of GDP terms. Uh, so that's where the, um, uh, you know, the, the government is expecting uh, revenues to fare well. Uh, so the divestment piece has become a smaller uh, piece in the bigger uh, you know, revenue conversation. Mm. Nonetheless, I think even though it's been not mentioned overall, uh, it, it's something that's still uh, will be factored into the, the fiscal map. Okay, Radhika, before I let you go, just one question on the net uh, borrowing. Uh, our government's net borrowing is around, is a, it a, uh, pegged at around 15 lakh crore. Uh, what do you think about uh, its impact on the bond markets and especially on uh, you know India's inclusion in the global bond index that has been, uh, 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 I mean, we've been talking about that for a really long time that hasn't happened. What do you think would be the implication? Sure. So the gross uh, borrowings is set at about uh, 15.4 uh, lakh crores and the net is about 11.8 lakh crores. Uh, not too far from where the market uh, con or the consensus was going into the budget. And I think that's why you can you did see a knee-jerk positive reaction in bonds. Actually, yields fell. Yields initially rose when the CAPEX spending was announced, when, when the actual borrowing number came across. Uh, we did see yields correct and that was a positive uh, nod uh, to the borrowing numbers. Uh, so uh, rising from fiscal 23, uh, but again, uh, along expectations. Now, market conditions in 24 are going to be a bit different from 23 uh, in terms of the demand dynamics. Uh, banks are already uh, you know, facing a, a rising incremental credit deposit ratio, which means that they are still uh, working on uh, you know, getting deposits growth to match up with the credit growth. Uh, so in a way that hurts the appetite for incremental uh, demand for bonds. Uh, and at the same time, like you mentioned, uh, there's not been much material progress on the global index inclusion front. Uh, so what that means is that while banks will still be the dominant buyer, along with some of the other real players like insurance companies and provident funds, uh, I would think that uh, the uh, incremental demand from foreign investors, uh, particularly the active ones, uh, would hinge on the you know the, the like the spreads that are available. Uh, between the Indian and the U.S. papers, as well as stability of the currency. Um, starting of the this year, uh, we have seen a, a bit of pickup in demand among the foreign investors. But I think once that index inclusion plans progresses, you would certainly see much more passive presence, passive and longer term uh, presence of uh, foreign investors. So yet again, in fiscal 24, I think it is going to be a domestic demand heavy um, uh, I mean, the bias are going to be much more domestic. And if there is any volatility uh, in the yield movements, I would think the central bank will have to set, step in by way of uh, open market operations. They didn't have to do that in 23, but 24, I think if uh, markets are, um, are not as conducive as we expect, then I think the central bank uh, would also uh, likely chime in. All right, Radhika, on that note, thanks a lot for uh, joining us and, of course, uh, giving us those details on the fine prints of the budget. Thank you so much once again. Thanks, Nasreen. For feedback, you can reach out to me at Nasreen's story in Twitter or write to nasreen.sultana at nw18.com. For more podcasts like this, you can log on to forbesindia.com we are also available on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram.